On this week's episode of Pivotal Moments Podcast, we've got Montgomery Fisher, originally from Manhattan. Then he moved to LA to pursue the dream of Hollywood. Yes, Montgomery has tons of stories about being in the industry as a professional cameraman. Lots of experience with celebrities from all across the board. And uh, he's got quite the interesting story and, and great energy. Listen in, take notes. You're sure to be delighted. Greg Carlson, Pivotal Moments Podcast. Let's do this. Holy smokes, Montgomery Fisher. Yes, sir. Not from Texas. No. No. Born in New York City, in Manhattan. You're kidding. 100%. In the borough. My grandfather on my mother's side yeah. is from Hell's Kitchen. Mm. Straight up. Well, that's unique. Yes, mm. because I wish we owned property there now. Yo, yeah, dude. Yeah. Bro. But, but we don't. So, God bless. Where do you own property? <laughs> Only here in Texas. Here but, in Texas? But I wish Smart it was, man. I wish it Smart was man. in Hell's Kitchen. Right, dude. Because then that would be like a lot more money. There's your retirement account. <laughs> For real. So, no. Dude, yeah, those brownstones over in Manhattan. Like. So my other uncle, yeah. who's a badass. Well, yeah. he actually looks homeless. He looks like a gypsy. Mm. He's a real proper New York born and bred. Mm. Bought the building in 1982 in Park Slope. Nice spot, Brooklyn. For 250 k when people were literally getting shot, gunshot outside of his apartment mm. in the 80s. Mm. Building's worth $6 million right now. $6 milli. 250 k 6 mil. But that's not the crazy Texas returns that I keep hearing out Bro. here. I heard about a... I won't name drop. That's the other thing I'm not going to do on this podcast is try not to name drop too much because... Let's just say a character I know who lives in the east side of Austin yeah. bought a parcel for 18 grand, maybe 40 years ago, whatever. Yeah. That's for sale for $5 million right now. What? Yeah. And that dude- $18,000? $18,000 for like a five-acre plot. Whoa. And it's, he's selling it right now, but it's going for $5 million. For $5 million. So that's a pretty, that's a Texas return. Dude. Not as good as my uncle, but still not too bad. Real estate, folks. Um, cue the music. <laughs> yes, you should invest in real estate because it's the number one tool used to build wealth here in the United States of America. Back to our show. <laughs> so, <laughs> a little bit more about your story, man. You know, you're, you're born in, in, in Manhattan. And how long did you live there? Lived in New York City till I was about seven or eight years old. Then um, spent wow. a little bit of time in England. Mm. My dad is British. Yeah. That's um, not my fault. No. Um, I wasn't going to judge. So <laughs> and spent a little bit of time with the grandparents at a young age. Yeah. From around eight, nine, then moved to Long Beach, California, which is where I grew up. Yeah. Really great place to grow up. Got a lot of love for Long Beach and a lot of my great friends. You know, shout out my OG LBC crew. Um. What does that stand for? Long Beach Crew. Original. LBC. I mean, they OGs. I think it's just what well, they call it original gangster, but I think it's more, I think now OG means more just like weathered or just kind of like, oh, like a, even an old dude could be an OG. Just someone who's been around for a long time. And yes, I don't know. Yeah. 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 My friend's dad just got called an OG and he's not anywhere gangster. So he, right. He's not a gangster at all, but he no. could be considered OG. Totally. There you go. So there's like a little fine line there. It depends where, you, where <laughs> you're from. 
Exactly. I think. Certain OGs, <laughs> proper, actual, real OGs. Yeah. Like a real OG yeah. is a retired gangster. Right. Because they're... That's original. A, original. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas... Yeah. This is, I'm just relaying street knowledge that I've just picked up over the years. Don't uh-huh. quote me on any of this. If it's in Wikipedia or even Urban Dictionary, it could be real. That's true. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, like the Colorado cotton ball. Oh, no. I need to know what that is. I need to know what that is. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to look now. that up. I'm going to yeah, look, look that up, up on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Colorado cotton ball. Because I know that's going to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, nice. California. For a long time. Long time. Nine Wrong. years old ish. Yeah, from, when? from right around nine years old. Yeah. To, I want to say 24, mm. 25, till I moved to LA at Los Angeles to chase the big Hollywood dreams. And you did. I did. And it's not all, you know, peaches and cream and, and glitter and, and stars and things like that. It's a lot of uh, graft, dirt. Mm. And, um, mm. you know, especially shout out my PAs, mm. personal assistant mm. on film sets, the most unrecognized position without the PAs, shout out PA nation. They are the foundation for a film set without PAs. Nothing's getting done. You're kidding. No. They wear all black. Some of them do. They, they don't really, there's no dress code oh. necessarily, but all right. Yeah. I was off. No dress code. Not that kind of PA. These are more just like set hires that drive the truck, change out, you know, change the trash cans, get the food, organize, organize people, get the street cones. Um, also checking, like holding traffic, physical, real people, yeah. like crossing the street. They're like, oh, we can't make sure those people aren't in that shot. You know, Brad Pitt, we're filming Brad Pitt right now. So don't let those people cross over. Right. So they'll go and hold the. Lockup is what it's called. Is they'll do a lockup, and then you got to hold everyone back. So the, they do a lot of the grunt work. Mm. So and PAs get ripped apart. They'll do a fourteen out sixteen hour day. Yeah, and they're getting one hundred fifty two hundred dollars. No, and they're busting their ass. They work harder than anyone else, but they're getting the least pay. So anyway, shout out my PAs because I've known PAs that have started at the bottom and then became directors, and you know, but they they earned it. They worked their their ass off. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. So you're grateful for the PAs. I'm grateful. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people aren't. They treat them badly. They're it's not, not nice. No, it's not. There's and just depends. I won't veer off too much. Some celebrities are awesome. Right. They say thank you to everyone. Right. Tom uh, Cruise doesn't. I don't. Does he not? I guess. Well, I, I saw some videos. Oh, of him going crazy. Right. Maybe it was just one bad day. I can say I worked with Pink. Yes. The musician. Right. She says thank you to every single person. She'll also, if she's near you, she'll shake your hand. She'll say thank you for putting in that hard work today. Mm, she's she cool. She knows what's up. Yeah, she's cool. Mm. Other artists, I can't speak on them. Can't say that they're the same. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Like 50 Cent. I heard good and bad things about 50. So I, I never worked with 50, so I can't say anything. I'm not going to say. My friend was doing bottle service one time at a club. Okay. A rooftop club in Manhattan. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, she... They didn't have F and vodka, which is his. Oh, hilarious. I think right. Okay. Yeah, and uh, she, he was a little upset about that. That didn't, that didn't have it. Mm. And um, he tipped her five bucks on like a hundred and twenty dollar check. Five bucks. 
50 Cent, if you're listening to this, let's tip people at least 18%. At least. No 18. matter what. This is the new standard. I think 15 is still kind of like. That's maybe a little old school. Yeah. 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 Let's do that. Especially when you're making good dough. There's no excuse. Right. You should, 18 should be your standard if you're. Yeah. Come in, on, 50. In 50 cents tax bracket, right? In his, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, getting back on track here. Yeah. Not all celebrities are cut from the same cloth. Your PAs are are amazing and they're they're underrated, um, underappreciated at times. And you work hand in hand with these people. What did you tell the audience here? What in the world you did in quote unquote Hollywood? Well, I work in the camera department. Yeah. So I started um in rentals. Mm. Well, actually, I originally started as a PA. So I was a PA, but I moved up to motorhome driver. Mm. And I was working on Kmart photo shoots, um, Target, big conglomerate, things of that nature. I even did some stuff for Pimp My Ride. I would show up. I, I am the motorhome for the celebrities. Mm. So I have to make sure it's clean and it's stocked up. The fridge is stocked up. Everything is good. You know, the bathroom is clean. Everything's for when they arrive, it has to be to their standard. Did like I met Kate Beckinsale a long time ago when I was still a motorhome driver. It was awesome, and um, she's top three. Yeah, top three. Yeah, she's top three for sure. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then she, I'm in the motorhome seat. I'm also have to be like, you're not allowed to talk to the celebrities, but if they talk to you, cool. then you can talk to them. Right. So it's but you can't be the initiator. No, no fanboys around here. No fanboys. No like. That's, that's, that's an unwritten rule. And that's, that's the other thing. There's a lot of unwritten rules mm-hmm. on, in film industry. Mm. And especially called, what well, we call it, set etiquette. Mm-hmm. Set etiquette. Yeah. They're, they're, I picked up on that. Yeah. So there's, there, <laughs> just for you extra <laughs> slow folks out there. <laughs> no, <I> just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. There's an etiquette on set. Certain things you do and don't do that can, if you can get fired. For something saying the wrong thing, uh, who's firing? Who's firing people? Producer, producer, producers are are firing. Wow. Um, certain crew have pull. Right. You you piss the you're a PA and you piss the director off in some way or another. Mm-hmm. You're you're toasted. You're roasted. You're out of here. <sighs> yeah. Cutthroat industry. So as much as it's all like, yeah, it's Hollywood. It's all fun games. No. No, it's not. It's Work. not. The margin for error is extremely small, especially in certain departments. Yeah, high demand. A lot of people want to do it. A lot of appeal. And when you work with specific certain PAs that are like gung-ho, everything's on point. They're always there. Like the ice cooler is always filled to the top with all the LaCroix water, fresh to the top with the ice. Like the, they go the extra level. You know, those are the guys that are going to end up running their own production company because they they put the effort in, they learn the ins and outs, mm. and they stay the extra hour. You know, they they put in that extra, and it goes a long way, and it's mm. appreciated. Other PAs and they show up with this like, "What am I doing here today?" attitude, and like, "Why am I here? I could be playing Xbox. This sucks." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're probably going to get fired at some point because you're just not paying attention and you don't care. Okay. Okay, you're painting a great picture here about being on set. Now let's go. Let's go a little back, bit back into the timeline. Yeah. of of you, and let's let's talk a little about an example where you almost threw in the towel. You're like Hollywood. What am I doing here? I'm going back home. 
we almost gave it all up. Where, where, or when did I almost give it all up? Yeah. Mm. Probably before the pandemic. Not that long ago? No, because I was making some headway in another industry. I was doing something else. I was doing music. Um, I like to tell people that filmmaking is my profession, but music is my passion. I'm passionate about music. It doesn't make me any money at all, but I play guitar. <laughs> and I took a big risk and I quit my job as a camera person. Wow. This is right before the pandemic. The leap of faith. To be like a DJ dreams of like, I'm going to DJ shows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know? Diplo. Yeah, Diplo. So yeah. yeah, I'm in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I can do that. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, you can. I can. And I, I did. <laughs> I did. Yeah. So I, I quit and I got to a certain level in the career yeah. in doing music. So within two years, I managed to get into a, a, a scene in the UK. It's called Grime. Um, it's like a UK hip hop, dubstep, electronic music. Yeah. And I started producing uh, those beats. I was getting some headway. Things were kind of working out because it's in England, it's, I would say it's a little easier to make a hit record wow. because it's a smaller market. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. So it's, and the access to artists is, I don't know, because Eng England is very compact. So it's, you have a lot of access to people um, very easily. Um, anyway, I got my song on the radio. In the UK, what it wasn't a big hit necessarily. How's it go? Oh, I can't do it because it's like uh, electronic. <laughs> it's it, I would just sound like a fool. Um, and I don't rap, so there's people rapping on the songs though. All right, what's the name of it? Um, oh, what song was that called? Um, I'd have to go on my Spotify. I'm okay. completely uh, yeah, busted. Yeah, busted. Did this it's, really happen? Yeah, no, it, it did. Trust me. You pulling our leg? No. Let me, We're going to fact check it. All right. You can look up uh, Viral Punk. Viral Viral Punk, Punk which is my uh, old sort of moniker. Name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the song, the song was called Victory with a K. Victory. Victory with a K. And you can find that on Spotify. If you search Viral Punk slash Victory with a K, that's the beat. That beat made it onto BBC radio. Now, I only got like little sprinkles of uh, residual money. Wasn't sprinkles. It wasn't, yeah. a lot. It wasn't the million <laughs> dollars that I thought I was going to make off uh, well, ad, ad royalties. Right. But I have friends who, who, who do. I have friends that have sold you know, almost a million records in, in that genre. Mm. But the pandemic happened, and that completely derailed that life. Why? It wasn't sustainable, and I just had to kind of reality check myself. Okay. And get back to a place where I know I belong, which is in the film industry. It's what I've been doing my whole life. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to my paying job. Can I make that money? And uh, that's what I did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now I'm back. I just got into the Society of Camera Operators, which I was telling you about when I met you, mm. which is... Um, sort of like uh, the top-end organization for camera operators in the movie and TV industry. It's like, it's like SAG. It's SAG. No, no, SAG. It's SAG. 
Yes. For camera operators. For, right. You have to establish a five-year uh, resumes of, of a five-year work history mm. of professional jobs that you have to provide to them. You have to make a letter of intent mm. and also have a sponsor of an existing member. So mm. I was able to line all that up, use my credits, get all that up, all sorted, and boom, boom. As of this year, I'm officially Montgomery Fisher SOC, camera operator. Whoa. Whoa. Thank you. And who's going to call, who wants to call you to work together? Who are these people Anyone that are out who's there? smart enough right? to recognize, to have a person on their film set with not just 20 years of experience, yep. but also I'm a third generation camera operator. Yeah. So I'm not just some person who just started out of nowhere. Right. And no offense to those people too. There's a lot of amazing, amazing, talented filmmakers and camera operators that I know and I work with mm. that just started doing that and became that. Yeah. But never had any connections to the film industry whatsoever. Huh. Well, that's fantastic. And you've got a family member three generations ago that's somewhat iconic. Somewhat, yes. Uh, my grandfather yeah. in the world of cinematography is very yeah. well respected. Um, his name's Jerry Fisher. Yeah. And he shot over like 65 feature films. Um, Highlander was his sort of most oh, it's a great one. notable film. Oh, yeah. I watched it with my dad growing up. Oh, yeah. It's, I love that movie. I yep. mean, not just because my granddad worked on it, but. It's a good helped. movie. It helped. It is cool. It's, yeah. Yeah. So let's get down to some juice here, shall we? You know, because not everybody has had that experience of being on set in in the scene in hollywood right yeah it's got a lot of uh allure to it there's always so much film literature on that culture uh let's i'm gonna say one word and i'm gonna ask you to tell us the first story that comes to mind when i say that one word ready crazy Hard to pinpoint one thing. Um, I bet. Because the industry itself is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Then you've also got crazy individuals. Yes. <laughs> so. so maybe an interaction with one of those crazy individuals. <laughs> or maybe a story that you are someone associated so, with. I'm trying not to name drop too much, but I'm only just going off of information that I have. And yeah. I think it's okay to say Michael Bay right. is known to be crazy. Mm. I've never worked with him, mm. but I can tell you right now from people that I know that have worked with him, mm. being on a Michael Bay film set is sort of like watching a flock of birds fly in a group, you know, and they fly really? all over. Yeah. Because the, the birds can be sat still, but as soon as Michael Bay shows up, wherever he goes, it's like a freaking swarm of people that are following him around and then they have to do whatever he says. And it can be really nerve wracking because mm. he obviously knows exactly what he wants, mm. which is a very key factor of a filmmaker. That's one piece of advice I can give to any filmmaker. Knowing what you want is the most important thing. Let the professionals figure out how it can be done. Technically, mm. it's not your job as a creative. No. Your job is to go, I want to do a camera that comes through the roof, through the vents, goes down, out, and then back through the door. Great. Cool. 
Yeah. It's not your job to figure out how we do that. It's actually the cinematographer's job and the other department heads, grip, lighting, uh, special effects. Mm. How are we going to pull this off? And then they all make a sort of team effort to decide. Some directors are more technical than others. James Cameron, extremely technical. Right. I believe it. Michael Bay, also techie. Um, but again, I've heard stories where there will be a disagreement between Michael Bay and another department head. And the other guy will go, okay, I'm done. I quit. And then he'll bring all the equipment and just leave. No. Dude. Emotion. So. Well, the, you know what it is? It's, you're, let's say you're building a house, right? You got the general contractor, the guy that runs the show. You got your plumber. You got your roofer, so on and so forth. And all of a sudden, your roofer's ticked off. Bye. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Same thing. And. Yeah. But it's a bigger, more tricky, intricate deal, I think. Big, big money on the table. What, right. But I guess it doesn't matter even if it's a $2 million house or, or a $200 million budget. Right. You're losing time and you're losing stuff somewhere. So mm. Crazy. Uh, mm. <clears throat> about the party scene? In, the, in Hollywood? Sure. Let's say you worked a hard day on set. And then that, maybe the actor is like, you know what, guys, let's go, let's go hang out and do something a little wild or something. I don't know. Is that, I'm making this stuff up. Is that a thing? I don't even know. Some. Or is it boring after, after work? I don't know. Some, some people are very, I would just call it, well, okay, from my perspective, sure. you've got two different professionals. Mm. You've got this type of professional, excuse me, who is not going to go out and have drinks at the end of the working day because mm. they've got lines to practice or whatever. And they're going to go to, they're going to go straight from set to their hotel room. They're not going to get any of the riffraff. Interesting. And they're going to stay super focused. Yeah. And they're like that. Leonardo DiCaprio's like that. I, I think I would assume so. Yes. Because he's well, a method actor. He does like to party though, too. Really? I, I would, I don't know him. I've never worked right. with him. Okay. But I would, I took a shot in the dark at that one. Never worked with him. Okay. Um, and then you've got your other professional yep. who can probably have a few drinks at the end of the night. Mm -hmm. Might want to stay up till 3 a.m. as well. Mm -hmm. But this is the kind of person who can also go to bed at 3, wake up at 6, and still go to work the next day and fully do their job just fine. So there's a fine, yeah. there's a fine line. Yeah. So I don't want to call them partiers. Let's just call them seasoned. Seasoned. Right? They're not going to go have seven beers at the end of a shoot, but they might have two, three, four. Yeah. And they'll stay up a little later than normal, and then they'll go, but they'll go back in the morning, and they'll do their job, and they're cutting the gig, so who's going to tell them they can't do that? They're cutting the gig. They're cutting the gig. So. That's jargon. That's industry jargon. Oh, yeah. Cutting the gig. I've never heard that one. If you can cut the gig, then- yeah. Who's, why am I mad at you? Because you stayed up all night and had beers. Right. You did your job. Right. Right. That's all the producer cares about. Mm. He doesn't care what you do off the clock. As long as you're back here mm. doing your job, not subpar, sweating, like hungover. Because that happens too. Sure. then there's the other side of the unresponsible drinker type that shows up. Which is you're going to get it. It happens. Then mm. they show up. They're sweating bullets. They're pale. They're just like, oh, everything they do is half-assed. So, yeah, for me, do I like those people? No. No. 
Am I going to say that one department does that more than others? Yeah. Mm. But a lot of the times those guys, they cut the gig and they bust their ass. They do their job and they can handle it. And that's their lifestyle that they're accustomed to. So it's not, you know. Just another day at the office. It's another day for them. It's not going to slow them down. But then there's also directors who might have a specific addiction to a certain substance. Happens. All the time. All the time. But then. Unexpected. I didn't expect that. Uh, mm. Again, some of these directors might be fully able to function totally normal yep. under that circumstance. Yeah. And I mean, you know, in filmmaking in the 80s, cocaine was readily available in the film industry pretty much everywhere. That is something that is is so you know like, like baseball it's steroids oh, film right. industry yeah, in the 80s yeah. it was cocaine <laughs> yeah same thing there yeah. you go perfect example yeah but here you know here's the thing though you're not going to see a professional baseball coach no high at a game you're not <laughs> it's not a thing if it is probably one in a million yeah huh something about the industry so Listen, I'm not here to point fingers. Well, thank goodness, because if you were, you'd get out. I would out. never be working you. in this town again. <laughs> but um, let's just say certain people yeah. can function and remain, I guess you could call them an addict, <clears throat> so to speak. Yeah. But they're doing their job, and they get paid a lot of money, and they're not fucking their job up. So they're like... Why does anyone care what they're doing? Okay. Okay. So California, there was a point in your time, there was a pivotal moment in your life where you said, you know what? I'm over it. I'm out of here. I'm going to Bastrop, Texas. And what, what was the driving force? Well, orig I originally wanted to move to Austin. Okay. Well, And when was it? When was it? What year was it? So the first time I knew I wanted to move to Texas was 2015. Hmm. When I went to Houston. I know, random. Houston's cool. Yeah, I like it. Um, so I went there and uh, have a lot of friends in the art car community. Shout out my art car friends. What was that? Uh, art, if you look up Houston Art Car Parade, that's the biggest gathering of artistic vehicles in all of America. So, And you're talking full custom cars from... Oh, here's a great example. I know a guy who drives a shopping cart car. Yeah. The shopping cart's bigger than this room, so it's a full-on fabricated shopping cart yeah. that has a Chevy 350 V8 motor planted on the bottom of oh. it. And he drives it down the road. That's cool. It's amazing. How fun. I know another guy who's got a chicken car. Shout out Smitty. Smitty's got the, he hates it when people say the chicken car. Cause it's actually called Henatron. Sorry, Smitty. Henatron. Henatron. Yeah. Hates the people say chicken car. I won't call it that. Cause it's don't a, call it that, but he's, yeah. he's, uh, fabricated it out of rebarb. So he took an old, I think it's a Nissan. Sorry to give out your secrets. It's an old Nissan. He chopped the top off, rebarbed the whole frame of the chicken. And he's also got a chain that he pulls. Mm. So as he's driving, he can pull the chain and it goes, brook -out, brook -out. No. and it's like <laughs> 10 feet tall. Yeah. It's amazing. You see Art. A, Art. Yeah. So you see Art. a chicken drive down the road. What color is the chicken? It's like brown. I could pull you a picture. I'll pull up a picture it's yellow. for you. Thank goodness. No, so it no, looks like a I, real chicken. Yeah, it's kind of rusty. It looks, yeah, it looks like a real Texas chicken. Uh, right. 
Yeah, Texas chickens are more rusty colored. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, that's cool. Art cars. Okay, so you went to the thing. I got into art cars. Yeah. I used to have an art car myself. It was a Crown Victoria. It was all painted green and weird, and it had purple zebra interior. Mm. I got I got rid of that car. It was a real party car, but anyway, um, oh. I sold it during the pandemic. Well, that was also a mistake. But anyway, uh, art car is fantastic. If you, if anyone lives in the Houston area and you don't know what Houston art car parade is, just go. It'll happen in April. They're going to. It's going to be phenomenal. It's when I my friends make a joke. It's not fun at all. You're going to have no fun. Because it's like... It's top of the charts. It's the top... Yeah. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Thanks for teaching us about that. I had not... Of course. It's super fun. Also, art car people themselves... Yeah. ...are the strangest people in the world, but they're also some of the most remarkable and brilliant and smart people... Dude. ...that I know. That is cool, man. This is a That's the skull car. Yeah. Art car. Yeah, that drives down the um, whatever parkway the main parkway that that car will just drive down the street in Houston that's what i love about Houston yeah as well as because sick. they're so into the art yeah. and they care and how you could legally drive legally drive this is a registered vehicle yeah so all these art cars down in Houston they're registered cars and they and they let them drive them well, wow it's amazing that's yeah yeah what a, a different world um i've Never heard of an art car. So you went out there and and you said Texas is for me. Yeah, I went out there. I saw the art cars. I saw the freedom, I guess, or just like the creative expression, the um, how fun it was too. It just felt real fun and vibrant and just a different energy. Oh, well, shoot, especially compared to the Hollywood culture. Yeah. Right? I'm yeah. sure it was a little bit more warm and welcoming. Much at least that was my experience as soon as I got to the south. I said, Wow, what is this? This is nice, yeah, very much so. Yeah, it's um, yeah, love all my art car friends, and they're all over. There's there's uh, art car is a global thing, but it's also a very much an America thing. So Mm. it's it's um, there's art cars spread all around the the other festivals in Colorado. Um, but I see the best one is Houston, is by far the best. There's a lot of people, yeah, I think there was. 400 cars last year holy smokes so, so that's pretty cool yeah and they're all different yeah. they're all different some of them are cheesy you know not gonna art is art art is subjective right yeah but if you glue a bunch of baby doll heads to the, your hood i'm kind of like i don't know about cheap cheesy not feeling that but i've seen other cars Creepy. like i know a guy who has a stained glass volkswagen bug stop dude completely stained glass the, the whole Ooh. The whole car yeah. is, is stained glass. Now that's a cool idea. See, now that's amazing. Oh, see-through car, right? They, ha- they have those. Well, there's kind another of? guy who has a see-through one, but he's got a metal one, yeah. Volkswagen Bug. Yeah. But he, whatever tool he used to create like that paisley sort of. No. The whole car is see-through because he chopped, he carved the whole thing out. Yes. Now that oh, almost kind of like a laser engraver, laser engraver or whatever, but completely D- yeah. taking it through the through the um, body panels. That's so sick. It's amazing. I'll try to find that one for you too. How does that not rust out? Uh, if they to. do, if they do rust, it adds to the patina of the car. It just right. makes it look cooler. Okay, okay. So okay, 2015, you you came here for a nice trip, and then when did you actually take the plunge and? Get on that plane. It was during the pandemic. Um, so recently. Yeah, annoyingly, it was. Um, no. Yeah, 
What is this? That's the bug with the... Dude, this is sick. Yeah. It looks like a wedding dress. I know. But metal. This is amazing. And that's what's cool about art car too. They're very... Let's say Gregory <laughs> Carlson wants to make an art car. Yeah. And, and whatever your idea is. Yeah. It can be anything you want. Mm -hmm. Dragon car. Could be um, a life-size... Uh, shoe. Shoe. I think there is a sh one shoe car. Probably. It, it could be a shoe car. Yeah. They will um, accept you with open arms. It doesn't matter what you drive. Oh. They'll be like, we got a shoe car. Yeah. Oh. They'll love it. Okay. So it's a nice, welcoming culture. Very welcoming fun. culture. Fun. Super fun, welcoming. That's like the opposite of a biker gang. <laughs> Complete opposite of the biker gang. I think my mom was happier that I went into art cars. Yes. Yeah. That's nice. And then, so pandemic hits. You said, I'm, I'm out of here, Hollywood. I'm tired of this. Yeah, the pandemic was sort of the yeah. kick in the butt I needed mm -hmm. to say, you know what? Yeah, I'm out of here. And what had you land specifically? Because you got options in Texas. It's huge. I, I know. I was looking primarily in Austin because I had a good feeling about it. Got it. I just knew that a lot of uh, – Yeah. If, if filmmakers were going to flock to Texas. Yes. This because place. of South by Southwest and also the Austin Film Festival and the Austin Film Commission, yeah. I'm thinking Austin's probably going to be the best place to be for future film development. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And we've got in, in your town specifically, there's going to be that, what, 550 plus acre uh, professional yes. movie recording complex. Is that, did I say that right? Yeah. You could call it a studio. A st it's a studio. Yeah, because I, I would compare it to Universal Studios. Also in size and in stature, that mm, makes sense. Interesting. Because Universal Studios has a city walk. Yep. So they have shops, restaurants. For the tourists. That will also be there. No. Yes. So it's going to implement. A, Dude, what? Yeah. So it's going to implement <laughs> this sort of like a Hollywood type of yeah. setup. Yeah. Okay, for those that don't know, Bastrop is the town we're talking about. B a s t r o p. It's in the outskirts of Austin, and uh, five years ago, it wasn't necessarily a, a household name. Yeah, um, it is now uh, a little, a little bit because of uh, the the housing market there is booming. Uh, it's beautiful, right outside of town, close to the Tesla Gigafactory, so on and so forth. Now, add that puppy. Yeah. Game changer, 100%. Huge, huge. Explosive. I also went, uh, I was on Zoom, but I went to the Austin Entertainment Business meeting, mm. which is hosted by Jennifer Hutchins. Mm. And she, or sorry, like five of the producers that were there were all from LA. You're kidding me. No. That's ridiculous. I know. Wow, dude. And they're like, I just bought yeah. a house. And they're like, I bought property here. What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Man, I didn't get to meet him. I know. Well, we should go to that help next him. time. We'll go. Yeah. It's, uh, it's down at um, Native Hostel. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's close. Yeah. Okay. And what's the name of the event? AEB, Austin Entertainment Business. Austin Entertainment Business. Yeah. How often do they host that? They're, they're probably done for the year. Yeah. So they were, I want to say, every second Tuesday, I think. I'll send you the email. I will 100,000% go to that. We should definitely go. That's cool, yeah. Yeah, a lot of cool people there. Um, all right, all right. And I'm curious because you were, you were wrapped up in the, in the film scene out there. 
you were a crucial part towards making these blockbuster films. And has it ever, has it ever got to a point to where the lifestyle has, has crushed you? Have you ever gotten compounded by that environment to where you were like, what am I doing? Why did I choose this? Has that ever happened? Oh yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely been days where the pressure feels um, like you, you just can't withstand it anymore. It's um, a lot of hours. Also, I've been on jobs where things happen where they're out of your control, but they still fall on your responsibility. Technically. Mm. I've had a nightmare scenario happen where and this is the nightmare scenario for any filmmaker, especially when you're using a digital. We rely everything on cards. And Your memory card. Got even even up. the yeah, even even on big jobs, this happens. Oh, yeah. And even even on high, it's still a p. It's still a p- part that can break. It's not you know nothing's fail safe. And, and they're plastic. They're plastic. <laughs> you know how much these things cost too. The the big the really expensive ones that we use for those cameras. How much? They're a thousand dollars a piece. Interesting, because they're like one terabyte cards or five hundred oh. gigs. But yeah, they can go. Yeah. Actually, they can go anywhere to like fifteen hundred dollars for the micro SD. It's Not a, the micro, but the regular they're, one. There's, it's higher up than that. They're called. They're, they're called CFast Express. Okay. So it's a new CFast. It's one step above an SD card. They do have those SD cards as well. Mm. Like Sony makes one. It's called a HyperTuff. Mm. It's an SD card, but it's a different newer faster look the same it looks exactly the same but it has new internals that makes it more expensive and faster and got it even the cfast though yeah that looks the same the cfast is a little bit bigger it's It's a little little bit bigger square got it so like a red a red camera is going to hold the cfast yes and there's different types of those there's a few different types of regardless so they're top they're they're pro quality and they're like thousands super expensive yeah huh i'm on a job we're doing, um, I forgot what it was, but it, we had a big celebrity there. We had three cameras and one of them just farted out. That's what a term I like to say. It, it just, it just took a shit. Dude. Card corrupt on the freaking screen. For how long? It, the, so we have a, another system. Obviously it's never foolproof. We send it off. There's a company called drive savers. Mm. That's also another Two grand for them to pull the footage off. Mm. In this particular case, they were not able to pull the footage off. So that company, now super pissed off, they they never hired us again. I mean, dude, they gotta have some grace. It's out of your control. It sucks when it's those things are out of our control. But then again, they still have to. Someone's got to take the blame. Dude, so it's flat, <laughs> right? So because because if, if they still work with you, then somebody else is going to say, "What are you doing hiring those guys again?" Exactly. It's like this exactly. Thing. Exactly. Dang. Yeah. Ugh. So you can get burned. You can get burned. Yep. And it's not necessarily your fault because you're at the mercy of the equipment, which is why I always say, "Don't buy the cheap cards. Spend the extra fifty bucks because then you're not going to have to send it off to Drive Savers and spend two grand, and hopefully they can get your footage off of there." Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's no guarantee. That they can get the footage. Mm. So you had to claim an insurance day. So the producer has to now claim insurance, which they hate doing. Why? 
because they lost the footage. All right. So now there's no job. There's no more footage. So now they can't. Dude. So the thing's just screwed. Yeah. So they have to claim insurance and then do it again. Mm. And that's what you call a reshoot. And that's the worst. Those are the two words you never want to hear. It's reshoot. Dude. Yeah. Growing up, my, my dad would say the word rework, rework. <laughs> like, let's say you put something together wrong and you got to take it apart and do it again. It sucks, man. It sucks. Any, re-anything. Dude, yeah. don't do it. Don't do it. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> and that happens on small jobs. Yeah. And it happens on the big, big jobs. So it, it, you're, no one is safe. That's what wackadocious, man. No one is safe. Well, shoot. Freaking memory card. Plastic memory card. Buy the good ones. Yeah. They should make them metal. I don't know what to tell you. Titanium. They should change, change something. something. There's got to be an answer. There's always some. Okay. Okay. And then these celebrities, right? Because, you know, you're seeing them all the time and all this stuff like that. If we're, uh, you know, just, I think this is just a personal curiosity question. Um, any of them ever, like, say, hey, hey, you, what are you doing over there? Why don't we go hang out? Anything? Yeah. No wrong answer. Uh, no, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because there's people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sometimes they will break the wall for you. Yeah. Because even as a camera operator, camera professional, camera department, depends what department you're in. Mm. Like I said, you you don't really talk to them unless it's in regards to the scene or the shot or, you know. Oh, Strictly it, it, business. Yeah, business. Mm. If they open that door. It's nice. And yeah, it's, it can, I don't want to say anyone's been like, yeah, let's hang out. I mean, they have a lot of friends most of the time anyway. They're busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, there's been nice to have little chit chats and who came up to me actually? Um, T.I. Mm-hmm. T.I., the rapper, we were doing a job for him and he's awesome, man. Nice guy. Yeah. He, at one point in time, he came up to me and he's like, what do you think about this? Like, what would you want to do? And I'm like, oh, wow. At first, he caught me off guard because I didn't even think he was going to ask me that. Right. So I wasn't even ready for that to answer that question because <laughs> I was already like, oh, whoa. Uh, it's rare. Put me on. The- yeah, that is a little bit rare because normally that question would go to the director or someone above me. But this was a job that was a little bit like there was a lot of things going on. So he was, I guess, looking for support in other areas. Smart. And I said, well, I would maybe just do this and whatever it was it was like a woman walking through a hallway and just they didn't like how it looked i just said well maybe you just have her come through this way and then move that and blah, blah, blah. so it's nice when they want to make you feel more involved and I'm trying to think of other possible celebrities that just like little chit chat hmm. um eric roberts i think i told you about him julie roberts brother he's, he's funny i mean he's he's so nice i mean he's um pleasure to work with and he'll t- he'll it'll be like little talking like if Let's say I'm talking to my friend about boats or something and some kind of boat. He'll jump in, be like, oh, what, what kind of boat are you guys talking about? Or this or that? Or is it a fishing boat? Or is it a speedboat? Or whatever. And it's nice to have that little involvement. So there's been little convos of that nature where nice. they'll sort of jump in and, or they'll ask like, oh, what's those shoes? Or things like that. What, you know? Yeah, because I'm sure that they feel like they're you know they're at work too or whatever and, yeah they don't want to this exactly, kind of pressure thing exactly and, they and they probably want to make friends it's like they got to del- ride that delicate line just like you guys have exactly so yeah. it's nice i don't want to say they completely let their guard down it's just more of like a let's make this comfortable not all work 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 that's the other thing i will say mm. about film set is mm. 
it's great to be super like on point totally when you're dealing with certain scenarios like i'll admit we have fun everyone why would we do this if we didn't have fun right mm -hmm. you could go on to any film set anywhere in the world at some point in time everyone's going to be laughing having a good time making a joke or something you know it's like you can't always be a hundred percent like because you're just going to drive yourself insane oh and plus you you see those bloopers Right. Oh yeah, exactly. Even those in serious great. movies, they probably oh, have. Oh, exactly. Yeah, those are. I love those bloopers are the best. So yeah, that's a great example. Of okay. Sort of like oh. letting the pressure off a little bit. Mm. You know, it's like because I've been on jobs where oof, you could hear a pin drop and everyone will just be like, Arr! you know, <laughs> Un unnecessary. When you're dealing with stunts, yeah, anything that has potential to injure someone fire buyer pyro mm. animals i've been on sets with tigers dude lions wolves Bro. bears elephants nope <clears throat> snakes mm -hmm. there's etiquette like yeah you're you're being like there's no joking or having a little laugh when you've got the lion 20 feet away a real lion dude i've seen too many too many videos and all man. they have is a little fence that's only three feet high electric fence. <laughs> but that's it. It's just like two cables and I'm here with the camera and the lion's right there. Dude, that electric fence will probably just aggravate He'll just lion, jump dude. over it. <laughs> yeah, if it even touches him. <laughs> and it'll, yeah, it'll aggravate him and he'll just go buck wild. Totally. <laughs> So you never know. In those scenarios, yeah, you're dealing with animals, pyro, someone's life's in danger. You're doing a car flip shot. Yeah. No, there is no joking around. Like if someone says any kind of joke, you're probably going to get fired. Any kind of joke that's like not funny, you know, like there's I, that fine line where it's like. I get it. I get it. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. Like you got to read the room. You got to read the room. And if you don't do it properly in a certain situation. It's like you're screwed. Yeah, we don't got time for this buster. No, no. Other times, if everyone's having a good time, like you said, Will Ferrell, little bloopers, things like that. Yeah, everyone's having a laugh. It's fun. Mm. Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't make jokes when there's a lion in the room. No, that aren't funny. No. <laughs> like a joke would be yeah. like, "Oh, do you think they would? Do you think the lion would eat Peter because he's vegan?" That would be like a set joke example. That's kind of funny. Right? Okay, but, but, so I can but, laugh at that. Okay, but, yeah, but, that's funny. <laughs> right, right. You wouldn't want to say that in front of the producer. Right. Oh, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> okay. That's funny, dude. So, yeah. But would the lion eat Peter because he's vegan? Yeah. Or does he taste too much like broccoli and, and parsnips? Mm. <laughs> dude, I don't know how I'd rather eat somebody else. Or is he going to eat Bob, who's been eating barbecue, oh. Terry? You know, Terry Black's every day. Yeah. He's probably going to eat Bob. Or antelope. Grizzles. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, wow. All right. Well, let me ask you this. So you're, you're an independent contractor. Pretty much. I take yeah. it. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah? yeah. Yeah. For most of your jobs, if not all of them. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't yeah. know. Unless I'm yeah. on a show that's union, then I'm, you're tied to the union. Yeah. And I am in the union. I'm local 600. Mm. So, um, yeah, if you're on a show that's tied to union, you're, you're W2, you're sort of like that realm. It's not so much independent contractor. Okay. 
that makes sense. And and let's say somebody's like, hey, I need somebody to do A, B, and C type of work, right? What, what kind of work would you say that you're looking for right now? Somebody that is your ideal client, things like that. Sure. Um, yeah. I really consider myself a asset to the production as a camera operator, whether that would be B camera, possibly A camera. It depends on the cinema. Okay, so a lot of cinematographers like to operate the camera. It's a little more old school, but it still happens where cinematographers don't want to be anywhere near the camera. They just want to watch the monitor and then they rely on their operator that they trust who will frame everything up, you know, set everything up, get it to how they like it. That's, that's a more old school, traditional way. It still happens. Hmm. Otherwise, I would say as a camera operator is where I really, is my strongest suit. So anyone who is looking for a new camera operator, whether that be on Walker, Texas Ranger or on Walking Dead or any, any of the other 1883, any of these other local productions that are, those are all filmed here. The quick question is Walker, Texas Rangers still being filmed? The new one. There's, it's just okay. called Walker. Okay. Yeah. And that Got was it. filmed here in Austin. Got it. That's cool. I know. Yeah. Um, uh, so what was it? Can you remind me the question again? What yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who, who's reach, who do you want to reach out to? Oh, oh, other cinematographers that are looking for new operators that they can trust and rely on and, and want to either ease some of their responsibility um, and pass some down to me. Let me take some of the weight. You know, I can carry it. I can take it. Mm. Um, directors that are looking for new DP talent as well. I mean, I'm not just a camera operator by trade. I would say I'm, I am also a cinematographer, mm. but I'm mostly focused on camera operating. And, and that's because I want, that's, that's just where I want to put my focus. It's like a martial artist. You know, if you, you could, anyone can study like an MMA guy, they, they do 10 styles, you know? And yeah, they're good. Like Conor, Conor McGregor and some of these, Anderson Silva, a lot of these. Yeah, they do the, the, the Muay Thai, the exactly. boxing, they mix. the jiu-jitsu. They mix. They all do it all, There's yeah. nothing wrong with mixing. I think it's awesome. I think everyone should do a little bit of that. If it has the word mix in front of it, there's nothing wrong with it. Right. But you're not, a, you're not looking for I mixed. want to be a pure guy. Yeah. Meaning like, I want to just be known, camera operator, SOC. I fall more in the category of handheld, dolly, studio mode, crane. Uh, I don't necessarily, I'm not Steadicam. So that's a, that is a separate person. Mm. I probably could have done that, but. That's the person with the big old gimbal that yeah, attaches your body. Attached to the chest rig, all that stuff. Now that's a dedicated person. Most of the time, people that do Steadicam, that's all they do. Interesting. So similar for myself. I'm not a steady cam operator. I'm what you call studio operator or yeah. handheld or crane and or dolly. So studio and dolly kind of fall in the same uh, mode, mm. but I'm not so much. I can do gimbal, but I'm not a gimbal operator. If that makes sense. I'm more of a traditional film style operator. Um, so yeah, where, who would, who would want to hire me? Producers that, are looking for new camera talent, directors, producers, cinematographers in Austin. How you doing? This, these are the main people that hire crew. Directors usually pick their DPs. Mm. 
DPs meaning uh, director of photography, mm. cinematographer. I was curious what that meant. Same thing. Yeah. A lot of people will just say DP or DOP, director of photography, and cinematographer is the same. Director hires the cinematographer. The cinematographer then hires the remaining crew. Cinematographer is in charge of the three departments, grip, lighting, and camera. Mm. They are the, the head of those three departments. Now, in my department... I'm camera operator, so I'm the d- department head yep. of the camera department. Yes. Then those other departments, your key grip, I'm sure you've heard that term, key grip. Mm-hmm. That's the department head for grip. And then your gaffer, I'm sure you've heard someone say that before. No. A gaffer is your key department head of the electric department who's in charge of the lights. Oh. In each department, traditionally, mm-hmm. you would have two people under you. So each department, as an operator, I have two assistants below me. Mm-hmm. The, the key grip has two assistants below them. Mm-hmm. And then the gaffer also has two assistants below them. Makes sense. Yes. So that department is compromised of nine to 10 people yep. collectively. And that's what the cinematographer is in charge of them. Putting together. Yes. So when the wow. director... says, I want to do a shot that goes through the hallway with the dolly, and then we can unclick the gimbal to go continue through or something they want to create. Most of the time, you would do a crane. Let's change the example. Crane shot, top of the building, comes down, but we want to go in the window. So they're going to cut a window out. Crane's going to come down through the window. There's going to be two guys on each side with a special detachment rig. Like I forgot the term. Pardon me, because it's like so much to keep track of. But basically, a quick, a quick release yeah. that can just be unhinged, pop, click, two guys then take the gimbal, and then continue the move. Hmm. It's a, those all have to be Dude, choreographed and all that that's stuff. That's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, so that, is a, that is an example of a connection between, well, it's through everyone again, but mostly with camera and grip, because grip are the guys in charge of the rigging, and et cetera, and how to, do, how to make that quick release. Mm-hmm. Great example, if you watch any behind the scenes of 19, I think 1917. I think, Is that a show? No, the, the movie, movie. Uh, the war movie. That oh, was, yes. Not that long ago, but they did tons of that where they were on a crane that was unhooked and then they rode the gimbal and then the gimbal got clicked into something else and then went somewhere else on like a little car or something like that. So that's all. That's sick. That's a harmonious um, collaboration collaboration of the three different departments. Exactly. And when you're doing these like really crazy techie things, without the departments working together, it doesn't work. It's impossible. That is fired up. So you got to have synergy, synchronicity amongst those other different departments. Absolutely. And when there's, and believe me, when the tension is on set and there isn't, synchronicity and there's egos yeah and heads are starting to butt it can get real ugly real fast tension bad so how do these people reach out to you right they they hear your story and they know that they want somebody professional that's at the top of their game how do they find you i'm very easy to find my website um roll on this dot pro my company is Roll On This Productions, so I figured your I'm company, 
Yes, I have a small production company. It's registered with the Chamber of Commerce in Bastrop County right now. Um, yeah. Just because that's where I live. Wonderful so. people. They're very nice. I love it. That I love was the mayor. Fun. The mayor, Connie's awesome. And um, Roll On This Productions. So rollonthis.pro is my website. And also Roll On This is my Instagram. Uh, that will take you to my uh, reel, my cinematographer's reel and DD reel, my credits and whatnot. So, so my, oh. yeah, and my, and my, my last question, so, so yeah, we want to get people connected with you, right? So I think we've uh, accomplished that because you are, in fact, easy to get a hold of, right? I'm very easy to get a hold of. Yeah. All yeah. I would say is I'm a third generation filmmaker born and bred from the old school cloth. Mm. They don't make guys like me anymore. I'm very easy to work with. I, I work with tons of different types of teams. I, I have worked, I, I've traveled the world. I've done productions in North Africa, Paris, most of all of America, um, England, mm. and where else? Um, yeah, it's hard. Mexico. Anyway, so. Canada. I've never been to Canada. Lots, lots of productions are in Canada. I've mm. never been. I would love to go. Mm. But I would say um, anyone who really wants to stand out artistically, I would say my strengths are in my artistic vision, my, my, my blend of creativity and technical is where I believe are my, are my strengths. Because if you have too much of one and, and not enough of the other, it's like having... Um, a really, really fancy race car, but you've never actually driven around the racetrack, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. You know? Yeah. It's like, I could give you the best car, but does that mean, are you going to do the same lap time as Nigel Mansell or, or who so-and-so um, at the Coda track? If I give you what's-his-name's car, you're going to match the numbers? Hamilton. Hamilton. You're going to do a Lewis Hamilton lap in the Hamilton car? So... <laughs> So just because you have the tools yeah. doesn't always mean you can use them. So a lot of filmmaking, that's why there's so many bad movies, to be honest, mm. is because there's no shortage of good equipment around. There's just a shortage of uh, good ideas. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's where you come in. And good crew and yeah. good production. People that have been doing this for years and years and years. Um, again, I am primarily a a camera operator slash cinematographer i can provide you with your artistic it's my job to to create artistic vision from the technical that's what a cinematographer's job really is it's you're the director you just tell me what you want and it's my job to now decipher technically how to make it work and let's say this Let's say this. It's 100 years from now. 200 years from now. People look you up. They see your, your biography. What's one message, if not the one message, that you'd like to leave with these people that hear about your story? I'm going to leave you with a quote, and I thought about this. I'm going to leave you with a quote from my grandfather, actually, who said this very quote to Rob Hardy who is a very well-known cinematographer. He's a personal friend of mine, and I really like Rob a lot. Rob shot Mission, Mission Impossible 8, Tom Cruise. Wow. He also did Ex Machina or Machina, Ex Machina. Great movie. 
and his newest film, which is very strange, called Men. If you're into horror and really weird stuff, watch it. If Men. You're not, if, if you're not into weird horror and weird movie, don't watch it because this movie will, will mess you up. And definitely make sure there's no kids in the room when this movie's on, okay? Just full disclosure. <clears throat> yeah. Let's just say there's a scene where a guy gives birth to himself 10 times in a row. Dude. It's the it's the most disturbing thing I've ever Bro. seen. It's the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my life. You've seen it? I watched the movie, yeah. So a baby come. It's he's a man that yeah. gives birth to himself. himself. It's the I can't Oh. <laughs> that's what it is. Okay. Spoiler alert. Sorry, but it's the that worst. Means you want to watch it's it? It's the worst thing I've ever seen in I my gotta life. I got to watch it. You got to watch it now cuz it's <laughs> so messed up. That's <laughs> So anyway, yeah. shout out Rob Hardy. Rob Hardy um Started his film career with my grandfather, and I only found out about this through the Roger Deakins podcast. Anyway, and Rob, my grandfather said to Rob Hardy, and I'm going to leave this with all of you, all of you mm. follow your creative endeavors or forever face eternal unemployment. Wow. Thanks, Grandpa. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, folks, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, dude. Thank you. If you're not fired up after this one, I don't know what it's going to take, guys. Uh, Montgomery. You got a nickname? My friends call me Monty. Monty. M-O-N-T-E. Monty Fisher. But living in Texas, I really like the Montgomery. Montgomery. And, and they say Montgomery. They say it with gumption. Montgomery. Yeah, it's Gumry. It's like It feels like yeah. this is where I belong. That's, where I'm from. That's right. <laughs> no, yeah, Montgomery. Yeah. <laughs> I, I meet I meet Texans and they're like, oh Montgomery, yeah. They're like, yeah, all right, Montgomery, and they're like super pumped up, just like Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, oh dude, um, but yeah, Montgomery Fisher yeah. SOC, shout out me, uh, rollonthis.pro. Uh, my email media at rollonthis.pro. Very easy to get a hold of me. Till next time, folks. Greg Carlson, Pivotal Moments Podcast. Stay frosty, Austin.